Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Baseball Buds podcast. It is May 2nd. I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Richie Franz. I am your co-host as well, Matt Morris. Today, we have a fun episode for you. We are slowly transitioning into Dynasty Talk as minor league baseball gets ramped up this month of May. Today, we're going to talk about buy and sell candidates. We are going to talk about all the injuries in Major League Baseball, and we have a fun little game for you. Richie is going to be guessing the number one player at each position in our current Dynasty League, so we have some fun questions for him to see if he can maybe come up with a 75% ratio. Richie, welcome back, bud. We got a little icebreaker today. I want to know what your least favorite sporting event stadium venue-wise has been in your life. Interesting. Interesting. Most of them I've been to have been good, but the one that sticks out to me has got to be Wrigley Field. The one time I went there, I was a little disappointed with how small it is. It's smaller than you would anticipate. You walk in and you're pretty much at the stands. And the the bathrooms, everybody talks about uh, peeing into the troughs, but just kind of run down. I know it's one of the oldest ballparks and it gives that nostalgic to it, but I just didn't really care for it. I kind of liked uh, some of the newer ballparks and the... What about you, Matt? What's yours? Yeah, I would love to go with a baseball stadium, but I actually am going to go very local to our Milwaukee roots. I'm going to say what is now the Panther Arena, what was formerly U.S. Cellular Arena. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar with the Milwaukee area, this was kind of the secondary hub outside of what was the Bradley Center before the new arena was built for the Bucks, And it definitely shows its wear and tear. It shows its age. It's this prototypical you know, venue that doesn't give the spectator a lot to, uh, to garner. So definitely for me, the Panther arena, uh, I think any of the arenas built in that time are kind of similar and most of them are being phased out or have been demolished already. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take. Uh, I need to see more baseball stadiums. I need to kind of make my way through the U S so maybe that'll change as I start that little venture. But we've got big news, Richie, um, coming out of yesterday's game, which you were actually at. Uh, so you got to witness, witness this injury live. We have a Dustin May injury. Doesn't look good, huh? No, it uh, does not appear good at all. He left the start, I think, an inning in the second inning with a stinging sensation in his forearm, I believe, or was it his elbow? Either way, it doesn't sound good. He went to go get an MRI in Chicago, and we are currently awaiting those results. But... Whenever that happens, Matt and I instinctively automatically think Tommy John, um, which sometimes is the case, but we'll, we'll have to see what comes out of that. Yeah, well, and I watched it after you had texted me, Tommy John. Obviously, when you see that a pitcher has left the game early on and then the injury designation is arm, you're concerned. And then I watched the replay, and it was it was pain upon the ball, I think, even really releasing his hand. I think he probably tore his UCL. That would be my guess. I would, I would guess a complete tear because it looks like he's incurring pain while the ball is releasing. And he threw it at 94 miles an hour, which those of you who know Dustin May, he sits in the upper 90s, sometimes can throw 100 miles an hour. And 94 just isn't his velocity. So my guess is it took a little bit of the velo off. He probably tore it, and that was where the stinging sensation came from. I mean, we could be really lucky here. It could be a strained tri- tricep, right? I mean, that's, like, probably not the, the most likely scenario here. I think the likely scenario is a UCL injury. But we do have to wait until Monday. Uh, but, Richie, you have somebody that you're actually excited about possibly getting the call for the Dodgers. Why don't you tell a little bit about Josiah Gray? Yeah, Josiah Gray, I believe he's the second-ranked prospect for the Dodgers right now. In 2019 in AA, he went 39 and a third innings pitch with a 2.75 ERA, 1.12 whip with 41 strikeouts and 11 walks. Over his career in the minors, for the last two years, he's got 182.1 innings pitch with a 2.37 ERA, 0.96 whip with 206 strikeouts and 48 walks. I am excited because the Dodgers always talk about their depth and their pitching. However, their go-tos that they were planning on, Tony Gonsolin and David Price, are both currently on the injury list. David Roberts came out today and announced that Tony Gonsolin will be stretched out as a starter and is about three to four weeks away. 
but they need a re- replacement now. So I think Josiah Gray could get the call, maybe give a, a little trial run for the next month, see if he's ready to go. David Price, his injury status, I believe, is a hin- hamstring injury, and the last notification we got on him is he will be out for several weeks. So there's a lot to digest, Matt. What, do you, what are your takeaways here? What are your thoughts on Josiah Gray, and do you think he gets the call? Yeah, I just want to say first and foremost, you know, I, I own May in our dynasty format, and it's it's it sucks to lose a pitcher, but you know, we all lose one here and there. It's just really hard to see Dustin May go down because of the raw talent and his arm talent that he has. You know, I, I was thinking about him last night in comparison to what Jose Fernandez was when you watch him pitch. It's just so far and away above most of the pitchers in this league with his 101-mile-an-hour two-seamer and his ability to throw a 97-mile-an-hour sinker. He was just very fun to watch, but also we, we kind of should have seen this coming. I mean, he throws too hard, and he he has a well-built body, I think, that helped him kind of control these pitches and also take away some of that um, that structure damage that we would have seen earlier on in his minor league career, but injury was bound to happen at some point. We can kind of hope for the best. I do not think Josiah Gray gets the call here. Uh, just because of how tentative and how protective the Dodgers are with their prospects, I think they're going to want to see Josiah start at least at AAA, which would be this coming week. But we'll have to see, man. They're in a very desperate spot right now. They do have Jimmy Nelson in that bullpen. Uh, I don't know his injury designation. I don't know if he's healthy. He's also not stretched out. But that's a guy that they could use as kind of a, a spot filler, maybe even a, as an opener. But their bullpen is also really taxed after the se- after the series in Milwaukee. I really do think Tony Gonsolin is going to be the one in a month to come up and hold down this rotation spot. But again, he had shoulder inflammation. Like that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Like that's not just a simple injury that you hit the shelf with and you come back. Like, yes, he's throwing right now, but we could get a notification on Thursday after his most recent bullpen session that, you know, he re-aggravated it. So at that point, you might be forced to bring Gray up. Well, the other thing, too, is the psychological factor in this. What is Tony Gonsolin thinking right now? Like, hey, Dustin May just went out. Here's my chance to reclaim my rotation spot. I got to get going now. You know, he's got to be patient. So that also plays a factor. Yeah, so we have a couple injuries as of the last couple days. First and foremost, Travis Darnard with a... With a thumb sprain, he was actually placed on the 60-day IL, so he's going to be gone for at least two months. Travis was under underperforming to start with. I actually dropped him in one of our leagues for Buster Posey, which isn't a sexy pickup, but Travis is kind of reverted back to the player that we saw with the Mets, and he's just not really giving us a lot of production, so I didn't feel like it was a huge loss. A couple options on the waiver wire, as we had said, Buster Posey, you have... Mitch Garver, who's actually performing mildly well now, he's either home run or bust. If he hits you a couple home runs in a week and you're not hampered by strikeouts in your league, maybe someone to add, but definitely has a lower average. You have some other options out there that are really mild. Uh, You have Christian Vasquez in some leagues. But Travis Darno's injury was big. And then uh, Richie's actually going to talk about the Jesus Lazardo injury. Richie owns Lazardo, and this is kind of a fun, hysterical story. So what do you got for us, Richie? Yeah, Jesus Lazardo left his last start yesterday, actually, um, with a broken finger that's a hairline fracture. And what's interesting is he actually broke his finger before his start while playing video games and slammed his hand against the table. So this wasn't known prior to his start, and this information just got released. So it's it's quite comical. Um, also explains the reason why he did so bad in his start. Um, but what I the biggest takeaway here for me is the open rotation spot now. Does Dalton Jeffries get the call up here? AJ Puck is clearly injured still, so. Um, they'll need somebody to fill Dalton Jeffries in spring training just this year went 13 innings with a 1.38 ERA 0.77 whip with a 149 average 20 strikeouts and three walks it should be noted though even though those were great numbers in his one start in 2020 that he got a chance at that he went two innings with five earned runs five hits one strikeout and two walks so he's kind of a hit or miss guy we'll see if he developed at all and uh if he can carry over those spring training starts if he does in fact get the call up matt what's your takeaway here yeah and this isn't a message necessarily for you richie this is kind of just my take on lazardo i think it's time to sell in dynasty formats um i think what we've seen from lazardo 
is a continued effort to get injured. It's small injuries, it's odd injuries, but you know, we were, I was actually watching the NFL draft this weekend and they made a great point. They said when a guy gets injured in college, he's gonna get injured in the pros. And Lazardo's kind of following suit with that with his current major league and minor league track record. He's not a guy that can stay healthy. And yeah, it's not shoulder injuries, it's not elbow injuries, it's not always the same injury, but he continues to get hurt. So if there's value still in your dynasty leagues, if you can go out and trade him for somebody that you feel like will provide you more long-term value, I say go ahead and make the trigger, pull the move on it now. Um, I just don't see the talent from Lazardo coming to fruition for at least a few years. Yeah, I agree with you, except for I would wait to sell him. You're, if you sell him right now, you're selling him at his absolute lowest some people who are might be buying on that might see his last start and not know that he had a broken finger beforehand and now he's on the injured list so you're absolutely selling at his lowest point i would try to wait to see when he gets back from his finger injury hopefully can string together at least two or three good starts in a row and then sell that would be my recommendation yeah it's hard i mean you know there are there are definitely the leagues i feel like where players you know 12 to 14 man leagues where people are all informed and they're fully aware of the potential of lazardo and in those types of leagues i don't think individuals that you're trading with should be so short-sighted to look at the last start um and maybe you know i, I think our league is at least like that currently you know we don't have enough players in this league that are invested long term like we are but lazardo's potential and his value is quickly dwindling um and like you said if the value isn't there right now maybe hold on to him you know that's not not a bad option but i definitely don't think he's going to be that workhorse that ace that people assumed he would be a few years ago i even assumed he'd be at least a number two number three in that rotation he's not proving to be able to hold that catalyst down absolutely and if you have the spot to stash him on your il doesn't hurt yeah, for sure. Moving on, we have uh, Framber Valdez news. This is kind of exciting for those of you that were hearing news out of spring training that he would be done for the year. If you held on to him, if you kept him in a dynasty format, or if you drafted him in a redraft, he is actually looking like he'll be back by the end of May. I think at the absolute latest, maybe early June. Um, you know, he is kind of ramping up quickly. He has been quoted out of that organization as saying he's far and away above schedule. So that's exciting. Steven Strasburg has started throwing again. Uh, only a matter of time until he gets hurt again, sadly. Severino for the Yankees is facing live hitters on May 10th. Something cool to look for. I, I would assume probably mid-June for, for Severino. What do you think, Richie? Yeah, I haven't really followed him too closely, but I have heard the June timeline. Um, so if he can get there by May, then... I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. You know, the Yankees need rotation help. Uh, Kluber had an absolutely outstanding performance today, but it was against the Tigers. I think anybody is pitching good against the Tigers right now. Dylan Cease had a complete game shutout the other day in, in a seven-inning doubleheader. So they're definitely struggling. Uh, but, you know, Severino, if he can come back, start to get his repertoire and his pitch mix locked in by, say, August, might be that top 30 pitcher that you're looking to acquire end of season so Juan Soto is currently throwing with that injured shoulder it looks like he will be back sooner than later that's very exciting for those of you that are currently missing him in your lineups Denilson Lamette is ready to start again that's concerning for Richie and I we both believe he is doomed to get hurt again Christian Yelich will be coming off the IL this week it looks like he will be back in the outfield in Philadelphia Hong Jun Ru has a butt strain. He will miss only one start. Gosh, it must be nice. Carlos Carrasco actually threw five innings at the Mets spring training facility, so it looks like he's starting to ramp up. Looks like he should be back soon. Cabrian Hayes is hitting soft toss, so it looks like they're being very, very tentative with him. Looks like they're trying to protect that wrist, which I think is the smart move. We all know the Pirates aren't going to really do anything this year, even though they've started off mildly well. Sterling Marte is out until June. He has rib aggravation. That is very concerning. The other Marte, Kettle, had an MRI showing improvement. Robert actually hurt his hip flexor today. That was about two hours ago. Um, he's young. He should be okay. Hip flexors usually heal in about a week, 10 days. Jazz Chisholm, no word, but hopeful from their organization. Uh, he has been very exciting, very flashy, but he's been very boomer bust. Richie, that was a lot of names. What kind of catches your eye? What are you excited about? I think the, the main one here is Denelson Lamette. I personally think it's not a good idea to try to have him start going again after, what, 
one, two weeks since he got shut down again. I think they're just trying to rush him back, and I truly think he just needs to get Tommy John over with and uh, sit out the rest of the year so he can come back next year. Carlos Carrasco is interesting. I'm excited for him to come back because I have him in two of my leagues. I'm also curious to see who loses that rotation spot. I think it'll be Peterson. Um, he showed a few flashes, but doesn't have really strikeout potential. Cabrian Hayes hitting off soft toss. Um, it'll be curious to see because last time he started ramping up, he re-aggravated it. So I'm hoping they go slower with him, but I'm keeping an eye on that. And then Cattell Marte is concerning to me. I know he had that hamstring strain. I believe it was a grade two and um, hoping he can just come back. But other than that, um, not much really to say on the rest of them. Yeah, I think the injuries are finally starting to kind of siphon themselves out. You know, we had so many injuries the first two and three weeks of the season. A few of these guys are individuals that went out in that time period. I think we're starting to get back to full rosters. We're starting to get back to, you know, one or two players on our ILs for our fantasy teams. So it's it's encouraging to see that the injury bug has slowed down. We just need to get these guys back. So moving on into our next segment, this is going to be fun. This will be something we do throughout this season. We are going to do name that player. So today, Richie is going to do his best to guess the number one position player at said position. So catcher, first base, so on and so forth. And this is going to be based off our league setup and settings. So we, as we've mentioned before, in our league, you do not occur negative points for strikeouts, for losses, for certain parameters that we've taken out just to make the, the point structure a little bit more fun, a little bit more entertaining. So keep that in mind when we're going over these players. Richie, are you ready? I, I was not expecting this game. I just saw the <laughs> notes that you had a few little hints. So I'm assuming you're going to give me the hints as we go, and I'm yep. going to try my best um, with what I know. <laughs> And I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make it easy for you for the first time. I'm sure there'll be times where you do this for me. Um, so let's start off at catcher. So this one is brother plays for another National League team. Who is the catcher? Okay, so you kind of give a little bit away with saying another National League. So I'm assuming he's obviously in the National League. Um, originally, I would have said you mean Mercedes. Um, but because of the brother thing, I'm going to guess Wilson Contreras because his brother William Contreras plays for the Atlanta Braves. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Very good. Okay. That was that was kind of a layup, and I knew you'd get that. Um, that was very, very nice. Moving along, first base. His father played for the Baltimore Orioles at the tail end of his career. Um, I think this is a, a easy one, too. I think I'm going to have to go Vlad Guerrero Jr. Nice. I was hoping to confuse you, but I did put Baltimore Orioles, and I was like, maybe I should take out tail end of his career, but I think you would have nailed it anyways. Who did you think I was going to guess? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Vlad played for the Orioles, I think, for once or maybe two seasons, and you're a big baseball fan, but I'm not sure the years that he played. I'm not sure if that was before or after we got into fantasy baseball. So I was like, maybe it tricks you a little bit. With Without this hint, I probably would have guessed Freddie Freeman, even though he's had a slow start. And I don't know if that's just because it's Freddie Freeman, and that's probably where I default guess to. But sure. I don't even know where he ranks. I'm not going to check until we're done playing this game, but maybe we can touch back on that. Maybe I Unless can. Unless you uh, want to look it up. No, maybe I maybe I can stump you with this second base. So we have two okay. of them. They're tied. So first first player and first hint is regarded as the best Orange County baseball player by sources. Okay. Do you want to just go through each of each of them? Uh, give me the second hint for the second tie, and then I'll tell you who I think both of them are. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the second one is was highlight of draft day, our draft day, only to be dropped a week later. Okay. So my original guess was going to be Ty France because he's on fire. I have no idea if he's the best Orange County baseball player by sources. But the second one is Nick Solak because we have had multiple talks about who is targeting him because there was me and one of our other players, Chris, who also needed a second base. And I was originally targeting Nick Solak, but I ended up with Ty France instead. 
Nice. Yeah, you nailed you nailed the second one. The first one, I'm going to give you one last chance. It is not Thai France. Okay. Okay. Think, think about the hint in particular and remind yourself that. Uh, okay. Ryan McMahon. There you go. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yep. I forgot about that conversation we had. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I, yeah, I had oh, a, he's, uh, taken fir- he's taken uh, first now? He's tied. That must have just happened. Yeah, he's tied with Solak. I, I'm not looking at the points currently, but he was tied with Solak entering today. Um, I actually lived in Orange County for a bit. I had some friends that were a little bit younger than us, and I had asked them because they played baseball competitively in Orange County, like who the best player that they played with or like played against was. And a friend of ours had said that it was hands down, not even a question, Ryan McMahon. He had told me this probably three years ago, right, Richie, three or four years ago, because I relate it to you. And okay. Yeah, I think I don't know the time frame, but yeah, it sounds right. It was, I think, when McMahon was still in the minors before he made his appearance. He comes up, you know, me and Richie are like, okay, here we go. Like, we, we know we heard a little bit about this guy, and he was dreadful, just absolutely dreadful for how many years now? And now he's finally making his approach. Um, we're actually going to talk about Ryan McMahon later on in our buy or sell. But moving on, third base, the hint is former NL Rookie of the Year and MVP. Come on. Well, this one I think is a no-brainer. Uh, Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. Um, he's just been absolutely on a tear right now, and I think he blows everybody out of the water as as we're talking. Yeah, it's very frustrating because I uh, I assumed he was gonna have a terrible year. It's one of the things that I was dead wrong about this year. So good good job for Chris Bryant. I've been a fan, but not recently with his recent slumping. Uh, definitely showcasing that he deserves a big contract if he can keep this up. Yeah, I definitely knew he would bounce back. I just didn't think it would be to this extent. As you mentioned, on a contract year, I actually had an opportunity to acquire him, but instead opted for Anthony Rendon, more proven, more solid. And um, it's looking like I made the wrong Yikes. choice there. Yikes, um, yeah, yikes. Hey, you live, you learn. I would take in the same trade. I would take in Rendon yep, all day. At the same time. Yep. All right, let's move along here. So you are just nailing things right now. You haven't missed a single one. We're gonna go shortstop. Oh, I missed the second base one. one yeah, but you got a, you got your mulligan. You know, it was like you, okay. your, your your drive shot was into the woods, and we said we didn't see it. Like, so. like in golf, it was my breakfast ball. You know, I just <laughs> yeah. need my blood. I just need to get my bloody in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know that anyone ever wants to watch either of us play golf, but um, it is fun. All right, shortstop. Now, if you can remember this conversation we had, oh, I, I was remember. standing over you, berating you, trying to get you to accept a trade, shortstop. Was the hint is was the asking price with Thor for Mike Trout in 2017 at VFW baseball slash softball fields, and that will be Corey Seager when yeah. I was it 2017. I don't know. Like I tried to put ago. a year on it, but like I I moved I think in 2017, but it feels like it was only a couple of years ago. So oh, man, time I'm, flies. I'm very yeah. confused. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, right. All right, this next one is very easy. Uh, we're going outfield. It's your pride and joy. That's Ronald Acuna. Yep. Even with his little injury, he, I think he just was completely untouchable for a little bit. Yeah, he's he's on fire. Uh, DH, it technically is Otani, but Otani won't count because of his pitching stats. So I tried to kind of do the math, and I just said, screw it, Otani doesn't count. Who is the number one DH right now? Um, and the hint is, you should have let me draft him. <laughs> J.D. Martinez. Correct. Correct. Although okay. Stanton is warming up, so we'll see. Um, all right, starting pitcher. Hint is shut up. I'll dump water on you again, Bauer. So I don't get the hint here. However, oh, man, this is tough. I want to say it's one of the people who's pitched one of the no-hitters. No, wait. Think but about, I feel like... Think about it, the hint. And you, you need to date yourself back years for the hint to make sense. I don't know, but my guess is going to be Jacob deGrom because he's just been lights out. Okay, so you finally have one incorrect. It was a great run. Um, this is actually a Garrett Cole reference to back to Garrett their days Cole, at really? UCLA when, when Garrett Cole would bully Trevor Bauer. I, I'll i be completely honest. I didn't know they even pitched together. Yeah, so this was one of the big things, kind of dating back to even uh, the Astros. Uh, Cole actually didn't want Bauer in Houston. Kind of, you know, rivalry. Obviously, the Indians and the Astros were obviously playing in the playoffs as well, so that didn't help. But this 
last off season when Bauer was a free agent, they actually kind of like made up and put their differences aside because there was a deep hated rivalry between the two. And it's kind of funny because Cole was always the better pitcher and would tell Bauer he has no talent, he just has brains. And now Trevor <laughs> Bauer has a Cy Young and Garrett Cole does not. So Interesting. So yeah, Garrett Cole, and I think this is going to wobble back and forth between Bieber, Cole, DeGrom. Um, we're going to see a lot of number one kind of shifts It'll throughout switch, the season. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the starts, yeah. Most definitely. Um, relief pitcher, our last one before we get into our buy or sell segment. You wanted to draft him, but you fell short in the draft. Obviously, who is it? Um, it's got to be Freddie Peralta. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. He is performing fantastic this season. Um, every time he goes out there, he shocks me. Every time I, th- I think he's going to give it four or five runs and he goes six innings with one run, I, I'm blown away at the, the performance and the progression he has made over the last few years. Oh, that's what happens when you develop uh, one or two more pitches that offset your fastball. Yeah, and you're absolutely. No longer called fastball Freddy. Either that, or the Brewers are just putting substances on their gloves, and they're all pitching fantastic. Yeah, either or. I like that. I like that. Yeah, either one. <laughs> all right. I wonder why they're all doing so great. I mean, I was actually watching a TikTok video, um, trying to get in touch with this guy who who does um, like videos on the players that are quote unquote cheating, which I personally don't think is cheating. You know, like if you're going to use a substance, if Major League Baseball is going to try and develop their own substance for pitchers to use, like clearly, there's purpose to this. But um, he was actually showcasing that John Means, who's actually performing very highly this year, is also using a, sub- a substance now. So it's like, come on, like, kind of like steroids. Just let them do it, you know? Give them a cannon on their arm, you know? Give them biometrics in their eyes. Let's make it happen. Yeah, whatever you feel. Um, all right, Richie, here we go. Buy or sell, our final segment of the day. We are going to start off with, you know, arguably the best story this season. Uh, Carlos Rodon, are you buying or are you selling? So I will be buying Carlos Rodon. I think the stuff is legit. I think he's great. However, there are some people who are skeptical because he has all four of his starts against lower-class offenses in the Seattle Mariners, the Indians twice, and the Tigers, and he's just blown them away. I think it doesn't matter who he's going to face. I think he's legit, and he is what we thought he was going to be three, four years ago before all the injuries. It's to be determined. You said this to me this week, obviously off recording, uh, when we were discussing the concept of Rodon, and you said that we don't know his ceiling yet. And I think you're absolutely right. It's very similar to Burns, but we do know Burns' ceiling, right? Like Burns last year showed us what Rodon is showing us now. And Burns came into this year and proved he is who we thought he was. You know, he's a top, we'll say top 15, right? I don't want to announce him top five because it is still early. But you just don't go and trade for top 15 pitchers. We need to see probably four to eight more starts out of Rodon before we announce him that top 15, top 20. But I do think he is the best pitcher in that rotation. I think he's better than Giolito now. Time will tell. I could see it. I I think the, the sky is the limit. It's just a matter of what happens when he faces a good lineup, and that's what I'm waiting to see. Well, and uh, we talk about this a lot, Richie. What is our what is our preferred age range for pitchers to pop? Twenty six to twenty eight, in you my opinion. It. Yep, and he is he is twenty eight. You know, coming back from injuries, probably has a good four years in the tank of like solid production. This is where I personally want my pitchers, like, kind of in this time frame, especially coming back after Tommy John. Like he's ready to roll. But moving along, the one thing I will go ahead. The one thing I will say before we do this is. If you can sell him in a redraft league for a top 10 pitcher that you know is going to have no workload concerns, I would make that trade because clearly you're going to be having a playoff caliber team. And I do think Rodon will either have some phantom IL stints or he's going to get shut down a little bit early or maybe even get moved to a bullpen role near the, near the end of the season because he is coming off Tommy John. All right, I have three names for you. I want to say yes or no. And these would be your trading Rodon for, okay? Okay. You Darvish. Yes, I would make that trade. And again, all redraft, right? I would too. I think that's no yep, brainer. Redraft. Um, Jose Barrios. No, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I know. It's hard. All right, final one. Very similar to Jose Barrios, if not worse. <laughs> Luis Castillo. 
Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. We'll touch on him in yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But. Okay, cool. I, I just wanted to get where your head's at for the listener, too. You know, you is probably a top six now. I think he's kind of moved his way into, like, just behind the big boys. Um, he could have had a blow-up start this past uh, past week. I actually was texting you about it, furious at the Padres manager. Um, thankfully, instant replay is a thing now, so it kind of negated three extra runs from his ERA. But uh, since we uh, since we just talked about him, let's move on to Luis Castillo. Yeah, what do, what do you think? Buy or sell? Give uh, me some. Insight. I am I am selling him. I know a lot of analysts and experts are saying go in, buy low while you still can. I just am so concerned with everything that's going on. His fastball velocity is still down 1.4 miles per hour. His off-speed stuff is 1.5 miles uh, lower, and his braking velo is down 2.3 miles per hour. He's giving up more exit velo to batters. That's up 4.2 miles per hour. I just I am concerned that there's something going on, whether it's injury-related that he's just trying to fight through or whatever it is, but... I kind of, unless he's sitting on your waiver wire, which I believe he is in one of our leagues, which we're going to be putting uh, a bid on him. But other than that, I'm not trading for him. Yeah, and I think now is actually the time we're going to get a little interactive here. We are going to go through our small options. So Richie and I co-manage a team. We are currently absolutely dominating. Um, it shouldn't even be, I don't think we lose personally. I mean, you know, that's a little cocky of me, but our team is pretty fantastic. So, Richie, we have a decision to make. We had talked about yesterday dropping Christian Javier for said Luis Castillo. Javier was going to have a very good start until he gave up a home run today, which was a three-run shot. So uh, Javier is an option to drop. We also have Maeda, who we just picked up this week. And then outside of that, we have Rodon, Trevor Rogers. Guys are probably not dropping because, again, we don't know the ceiling. Richie, who are we dropping for Luis Castillo? Put me on the spot. Um, I think we, I think we go with your original plan. No, no, we can't do that. I was gonna say drop Omar Narvaez since he hit the IL, but he's been fantastic for us. I think we have to drop Christian Javier for him. Are you comfortable dropping Christian Javier? I mean, Christian Javier's had a fantastic start. You know, what like play? He has played Oakland. He's played LA, and he's played Seattle. He's only had one appearance of seven innings. Everything else has been five or less. I, I think we have to make this move for the simple fact that if somehow Luis Castillo can figure it out, he we know he has top 15 potential. He plays on a Cincinnati Reds team that is just on fire and put up, what, 20 runs today? It's He's got the, the higher ceiling, in my opinion. Christian Javier, I think, has maybe top 30 starting potential or starting pitcher potential, but I don't see him getting past that with only two pitches. Okay, I, and I fully agree. Now, the next question, though, is Christian Javier is now on the waiver wire, right? Yes, sir. Would you rather have Kenta Maeda or Christian Javier? Because we both roster them. So what are your thoughts on the differing potential of both players? I think we can't give up Kenta Maeda. His upside is way too high as well. I think he's just had two bad games. Okay. And and guess, well, he pitches tomorrow, so we'll find out. Kenta Maeda, that is. So for the listener, there we go. This is how hard making some of these tier decisions are, and I would love for us to sit down and write out our tiers. If we were to actually sit down, I'm guessing Javier Maeda are probably back-to-back, right? I'm guessing Maeda, it's probably in front of Javier by just one slot. Um, Javier is great, but yeah, like you said, doesn't have a great pitch mix, doesn't pitch deep into games. Does play in a good team, but once teams figure him out, I think that ERA will sit closer to 3-5 this season than 3, which is probably where Maeda will kind of come back to, to, the, to the ground floor. But Well, and this, and this comes back down to, you know, the Luis Castillo owner. If they're not willing to drop him, they're probably not going to accept Christian Javier for Luis Castillo because if it's a redraft league, they probably invested a top, what, three, four, maybe five pick if he fell in drafts. They're not going to trade him off for some waiver wire pitcher who had a, a string of good runs, but then his last outing went five innings and gave up three earned runs. Yeah. So I'm I mean, shocked that they dropped him in our league, but our league is very trigger happy. It's also reactive in terms of like hate dropping. I think that's a real thing in our league. 
I've seen it done before. <clears throat> I've also wanted to hate drop myself, so I get it. All right, let's fly through these real quick. We have a couple we want to talk about more in depth. We have Corbin Burns, our boy, buy or sell. What do you think? I am buying in dynasty leagues or keeper leagues. I am trying to get a top six pitcher if I'm sell in redraft leagues because I don't think Corbin Burns will be there at the end of the season when you need him. I agree. I agree. And any of you that listen and play the show, now is your last opportunity to buy Corbin Burns. He was a 79 before the latest roster adjustment. He is now an 84. About one more adjustment, which is about two and a half weeks away, he will be a diamond. So if you want to go buy him right now, I think he's sitting at like 4,000 stubs. I know this isn't a video game podcast, but I play the show. <laughs> Rich plays the show. I got myself some Corbin Burns in anticipation for that diamond performance. Next up, we have Trevor Rogers, kind of our boy, really your boy in our league. What do you think? Uh, same thing as Burns. I'm buying in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues. I'm selling in Redraft. Same thing. He's a, a young gun still coming up, and I think they will either have a Phantom IL or he won't be there near the end of the year. I'd be looking to try to get – this one's tough. Um, in Redraft Leagues, I'd probably try to get a top 20. Okay, so if I could. say someone offers you a trade in our league, in our softball league. So, so this is Dynasty. Oh, no, in Bams League? Correct. Okay. What are you What are you taking? What are you not taking? Are you taking like a Jose Barrios? Are you taking a Luis Castillo? Are you taking a Kenta Maeda? Like what are you taking? What are you not? So if we're going pitcher, I probably would move Rodgers for Barrios. I kind of want to... I'm just stalling while I pick up starting pitchers in that league because the scoring is formatted differently. Like I would do it for a Brandon Woodruff, Aaron Nola. I think that's the range. I think Woodruff and Nola are the range, and I think that's just to show Rogers' incredible start. He did have a, I wouldn't call it rough, but he, he got hit for three runs today in five innings. I think it was his first performance all year. You can correct me if I'm wrong where he gave up three runs which is funny because it came after the start that he played Burns, and Burns had his first quote-unquote blow-up. So Rodgers, we're going to have to watch him. This start today may be the tape that teams finally need to attack him. We are going to have to see. It was against the Nationals without Soto. So, again, not a great lineup. Um, But any more thoughts on Rodgers? No, I just uh, resorted by uh, projection. So I would not trade him for Lance Lynn. I would not trade him for Patrick Corbin, Kenta Maeda. Kyle Hendricks, that's near the the 15 to 20 range in projections according to ESPN in this league. Jack Flaherty is probably one I do, but then I'm starting to starting to think maybe this is even Tyler Glass now. I will not do because I think they're they're the same similar pitcher. Tyler Glass now won't be there at the end of the year when you need him. So I think right in that range. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on, we have our boy Ryan McMahon, Orange County's finest, buying or selling. I am buying Ryan McMahon. Everything looks great. He's actually increased his launch angle. His exit velo is up. Um, he just looks like he's finally figuring it out. Um, his expected batting average is right in line with where he's at. All the underlying numbers seem to point to that this is a real breakout. Yeah, and honestly, um, it was it was only a matter of time. I think the Rockies have poorly managed these players for so long Garrett Hampson himself right like we've seen it time in and time out Arenado being gone is a huge opportunity for McMahon and he steps up right and it doesn't help it doesn't hurt that he's at our fantastic age 26 where he's finally starting to mature as a human being he's feeling into his body when I watch him play put away all the statistics, all the saber metrics. I love his swing. I love his approach. He's willing to go to left field. He's willing to take the ball and hit it where it's pitched. I really do believe that it's time. I think he's going to be an all-star. I don't think he's going to be Nolan Arenado, but I think he's going to be a very, very good player in fantasy. So what would you be looking to offer to acquire McMahon? Since you are a Ryan McMahon owner, what would need to be offered to you in order for you to give up Ryan McMahon? So it's hard because McMahon fills in at that second base position this year, right? I think he is a third baseman. Is that correct? I believe he has both those eligibilities as well as outfield. What is he? What is he? Oh, first, sec- 
first, second, and third. What is he predominantly playing at this year? I'm actually going to pull up his roster resource right now and look at his positions because um, I want to know from a dynasty perspective moving into the, the next few years um, where he's going to fill where out. Where he's going to fill out. So this year. If I had to guess, I would say he would fill out at third or first because second they're going to have Brendan Rodgers long-term or Garrett Hampson. Yes, so I agree with you. Um, now, looking at his roster resource, he has played 16 games at second base so far this year, and he has played 12 at third base, which I think locks him into second base eligibility next year, if I'm correct. Um, so, honestly, with that being said, I roster Gavin Lux in a dynasty format. I always like to have a younger guy at that position. You know, they're cheaper. They're a guy that you can hopefully pop. Very similar to Jazz Chisholm. You know, you get a guy that's $6.00, ten dollars you know you hope for high upside you don't pay for the altuves you don't pay for the whitmary fields what it would take for me to trade ryan mcmahon man um honestly probably and this is really going out on, on, a, on a crazy limb i'd say Corey seager um, i would need comparable value a player that's going to cost me 15 to 20 dollars at a different position that's younger than 28 maybe 28 and is going to provide me value for the next three years because i do think mcmahon is a top three or four round pick. And for the dollar amount that I have him at, which is $1, $2, it's very hard to beat. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Corey Seager owner, at least in our league, is not offering you that for Ryan McMahon. He wants a King's Ransom. But it, it's hard in those scenarios because it's a matter of the now versus later as well in keeper leagues, that is. And in your scenario, you have Gavin Lux. He's not panning out the way you want. Now you have uh, McMahon, who at least will carry second base over till next year. I don't think he will carry that over long term, but you at least have another year to figure that position out. So what would it'd you be take? very hard. If you were a Ryan McMahon owner and someone came to you with a trade, what would you be willing to move him for? So it, it depends on position and player as well. Like So you have Gavin Lux as your backup so realistically i'd be probably trying to move him for a second base or not a second baseman a, a starting pitcher in that in this scenario i'd probably be looking for a tw top 20 to 30 starting pitcher if i could yeah i agree and this is this isn't something me and you have talked about nor is it a trade neither of us would offer each other i don't think but in all honesty i would take trevor rogers for mcmahon um, now, with the way my roster is set up this year, I can't. I don't have a second base backup, as you had just mentioned, that can fill in for McMahon and provide me really any value. But say I had a guy like the next guy we're about to talk about that can slide in and provide me some value for at least the next month. Trevor Rogers is exactly the type of player where you're, you're selling on immediate impact and value from both players, and you're looking for long-term value. You know, I think they're very comparable players. They're both young. They're both rising. But Trevor Rogers, being a pitcher, pitchers the premium position. And Rogers is the guy that I think I would look for. Again, we're not going to make that move, but definitely something I think kind of the range that I would want. All right, that brings us to our next second baseman. We gave it a hint earlier. Richie had mentioned him. Mr. Nick Solak. Buy, sell. What are your thoughts? I am selling Nick Solak. He is on fire right now. He has a 301 average, but the underlying numbers suggest he is the same person as he has always been. He's got a 265 expected batting average. He's actually striking out more than what he's used to, which is surprising for how hot he is. He's got a 28% strikeout rate where he normally sits between 18 and 21%. He's actually walking less at 5.2% where he's used to walking in the 7 to 11% range. So I think he's going to regress to what we're used to seeing and he's going to drop out of the top 10 in my opinion and not be the number one long term so i'd be looking to get any top five second base maybe even top seven second base right now if i could or at any other position if somebody's desperate for second base yeah i like solak long term i like his hot streaky performances right i think that's what he is i think he's a guy very similar to Jesse Winker. When he's hot, you get him in your lineup, and you ride out that week and a half. You ride out that two weeks. But in terms of actually starting at second base, I think that would have to be kind of a weak position for you to really start him all season. So I would agree. I think selling now is the best option. 
Brings us to our next guy. We've already talked about Luis Castillo, so we're going to talk about Jared Walsh, your former rostered player, my current rostered player, buying or selling? I am buying Jared Walsh. Uh, He's doing everything and more that was anticipated that he was doing last year. I don't think he's going to be keeping up a 360 average with what he has now, but he does have the power, and I do think he can hit you 25 to 30 home runs. He's already got six, and we're only a month in, so he's already well on pace for that. And he bats in a prime spot behind Mike Trout and Anthony Riz- or Anthony Rendon, not Rizzo, sorry. <laughs> and I think he, he will provide those counting stats for you. Yeah, he's... Um... He is far and away blowing away my expectations. I know he's doing the same for yours. He is the perfect example of a player that you go into an offseason when you're doing keepers and you think to yourself, okay, I can find him on the waiver wire. I can find this production, this 260, this 250 average, these 20 to 30 home runs. And Walsh is just, I think he's changed his approach. His strikeouts are down a little bit. He plays in a fantastic lineup, as you had mentioned. And those counting stats are really providing dividends. And he's hitting, you know, he's hitting home runs. He had two last night. We're going to have to see where he goes, but it's definitely not the time to move him. I had an offer on the table about a week ago, maybe a week and a half, for Matt Olson that I turned down. And then I actually, within days, re-offered it, was then turned down myself, and I'm very thankful. I often say the best trades are the trades that aren't accepted, the trades that, you know, you're kind of stupid to offer, and yet teams are unwilling to take. So definitely the best non-trade for me this season was keeping Walsh. Next up is our boy, Chris Bryant. Buy, sell, what do you think? I think you have to sell him as much as he's showing that he's worth a long-term contract i don't see there's any reason why he can stay this hot i would be selling him for any of the the third base that we're going in the second or third round i would try to swap him for anthony rendon you know even nolan arenado rafael devers alex bregman jose ramirez if you can get any of those guys for chris bryant i would make those that move absolutely right now yeah i agree um, okay, we're going to do some rapid fire here. We have Cedric Mullins, buying or selling? Selling. Love it. Love it. Agreed. Anthony DiScalfani for the Giants, buying or Sell- selling? Selling. Mm-hmm. We have the boy, the hot rod himself, Mercedes. I am actually going to buy here, even though I sold him. I would buy him. I think everything he's doing right now is legit. I actually watched... Um, some of his most recent games and when he's ahead in the count and he's looking to drive the ball he has uh, uh, he sits taller and he's got a nice leg kick to give him some extra power but when he falls behind or he just needs to get make contact he crunches down almost in a squat position gets rid of his leg kick and just has a defensive swing and actually makes great contact which I did not know about him but that's what drives his average so I think he can keep up the batting average I don't know if the power is going to sustain, but he is a big boy, so maybe it does. I just worry about the playing time long term for him. Yeah, he has catcher eligibility in ESPN leagues right now. I'm not 100% sure about CBS. I know in Yahoo, he does not have catcher eligibility. He is utility only, so definitely changes the concept of how you're going to play him. You know, with a lot of the good utility bats on the market right now, singularly having that one designation is going to hurt. But, man, he plays baseball. He does a lot of the things, as you had mentioned, that a lot of players don't do anymore, which is changes their approach based on the count that they're in. And that's exactly what you want from a fantasy player, a guy that's going to aid you with those counting stats as well as provide some of that power for you. Moving on to our closer, though, we have Emmanuel Classe. Buying or selling, Richie? I'm buying him. Love it. Love it. I agree. He actually just pitched today. He allowed one hit, got a strikeout, no save opportunity. It was a 5-0 to zero game, throwing 100 miles an hour again, standard class A. Final player of the day, we have Alex Wood. Are you buying or are you selling? I am selling Alex Wood. Very good. What are you selling Alex Wood for? Um, I, since he is RP eligible, I will say I would try to get a top 10 relief pitcher if I could if you're playing in a points league and uh, somebody's trying to use him as a relief pitcher maybe top 15 um, if you're trying to sell him as a starting pitcher I would try anything top 40 would okay. be good enough for me now final topic of the day this is not something that we had scripted before we went on I want to get your take on Dustin May dynasty perspective I will give my take after yours 
Dustin May, obviously looking like Tommy John. We're going to find out more tomorrow um, in Dynasty Leagues. With all we know about Tommy John, it's going to take probably, we'll say prospectively, till next August for Dustin May to be back back. Are you holding on to him in Dynasty Leagues? Are you looking to trade him? What are your thoughts? I think you, you have to hold him. Obviously, if, if you have him dynasty long term, he's a young pitcher, shows great promise, Look, was on the verge of breaking out this year. Um, we still don't know what the injury is, but assuming it's TJ, yeah, you're going to have to sit him out a year, um, and then the following year he's going to be on a limited workload basis. But I think he, he shows great poise and um, provides value long term. Yeah, we'll see what he comes back like after this surgery. Again, we're just theorizing here, but it, it looked really bad. Um, his velocity is so fast, it's so high. I think coming back from Tommy John, he can get back to that. But it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers use him. They're also going to need him. I mean, you're talking about Bauer being gone in two years. You're talking about Kershaw being, I don't want to say washed up, but at the tail end of his he career. He might be retired by then. Yeah, we're, we're, they're going to need that kind of production, that kind of talent, that rotation. I personally am actually really considering letting him go. In our dynasty format, we have four-year contracts. He's in the first year of his contract with my team. I'm looking at it as I'm going to be losing a full two years out of him. I'm going to lose this year. I'm going to lose next year. I'll get him back in 2023 as the player that he he should be. Um, but if there's opportunity to move him, if there are teams that need that kind of young future ace that they want to then, you know, quote-unquote franchise in our league, he's a player that I'd be willing to move on. Um, really looking forward to the news tomorrow. Again, I'm praying that this was a tricep injury. I'm praying that this was you know, something outside of Tommy John, but it looked like a UCL. It's going to wrap our show for today. Um, Richie, always fun. This was a great time. I think as we move on this summer, we're going to have a lot of great dynasty talk. We're going to finally, after a year, be able to get into minor league baseball, which starts this month. It's going to be very exciting for us to kind of dig through the minors, kind of find guys that are performing, you know, some of them that are underperforming, those that are breaking out. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. I think we're really going to be able to get this podcast kind of shifted into that dynasty format as the months go on. But uh, it's been great so far. Full month of baseball in the books. Oh, I'm excited. I am excited. Thank you again, as always, everyone. Remember, you can like and follow us on Instagram. You can find us where all podcast platforms are showcasing. And we look to see you next time. Thank you. Take care, guys.